Hey, Kate, can you hear me? I can. Well, hi there, Vic, Mr. Mortimer. We are um, talking in the CMS outdoor classroom on June 5th, 2020. We thought we'd do a podcast about our reflections on distance learning and what we learned and what we'll keep as gems and maybe um, what we might want to work on uh, for hybrid learning or distance learning happens again. So, um, yeah. Can you hear me on the phone there, Mr. Mortimer? I can hear you. Actually, I can hear your voice as your voice speaking because we're not that far from each other. And then I hear a bit of a delay. Okay. All right. Well, um, but, but that's okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, we thought we'd go back and forth and just, um, pose some questions and reflect together. Um, we don't have a title yet for this podcast. Um, (laughs) basically distance learning reflections. So I'll ask you first, Vic, um, how do you think distance learning has changed your philosophy as a teacher, librarian, Mr. Mortimer does everything, STEAM, outdoor ed, you name it. He's also our librarian magician. Um, But how has it changed you? as a teacher? Well, I don't know if I've necessarily changed what I think of as being important, um, but it, what I've had to change is how I communicate with people. So uh, early on, Mr. Durgan suggested maybe trying some video blogs, some blogging, which I thought sounded crazy until I tried it. And because kids like video, I guess we all do, then that seemed to work well. So that got me thinking about how to use different kinds of video and audio and or Adobe Spark, which is kind of a combination of both. So it was more a change in how I communicated with people rather than what I think of as being especially important in teaching, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. For sure, because you do have a live blog right so your vlog goes on the blog is that right they're kind of intertwined yeah i don't really have a and in fact if i have any kind of video then i just append it to a blog post which for right now seems easier cool or don't append it it'll be a link and a lot of students at least sixth graders i saw were on your um vlog blog because you posted in google stream which was a really nice um kind of alternative to some of the coursework. I mean, not alternative to the coursework, but it was definitely just another um, place for them to go online and connect with their right. teachers. You know, they definitely wanted to connect with you. So that was really awesome. All the things that you did on a weekly basis. And, yeah. and, and in many ways, it made it easier for me to connect with more students in a more formal way than I often get to do as a librarian uh, before mm-hmm. this. Yeah, for sure. I never really had thought about setting up blogs. I thought about putting setting up a blog, but I didn't think about it going both ways. I didn't think about what to do with it, and it would move on with the class, and it didn't seem to fit in with what anybody else was doing. So, 
yeah, this this opportunity, this distance learning, I thought was a great opportunity to, for me anyway, um, to use or learn some of these tools that are have always been on my list of things to know how to do. And it's like that slow time also gave me a chance to just kind of work at it at my own pace. And the students were really merciful if I tried something new. Um, you know, they gave me great feedback on how it worked from their end. So, you know, the blog and the vlog that you're doing, the audience or this opportunity, homeschooling or distance learning really, I think was the perfect format to kind of boost these things or launch them in a way that's meaningful. It was very meaningful, I think, to a lot of kids and to teachers, to all of us. No I meaningful hope so. Education. Yeah. Well, and I think that after this, that this will all now have tools for uh, connecting with other classroom projects. So, for example, once Amanda asked me to make a, a short video to explain Thoreau to fifth graders, which sounds potentially ridiculous, how do you do that with Thoreau? But as it turned out, it was a way to talk about a little bit about Walden, and it actually came out okay. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a good way to develop a library lesson that. I had never thought about doing before and so it will change but if not my philosophy at least the number of tools i have available my sure. awareness of the number they were already there the tools yeah yeah and in an archive too it sounds like you're developing i know i'm trying to do that too of yes or audio or video lessons that are, will be useful in the future too to students so that's yeah. awesome. um yeah, so what kind what kind of feedback did you get from students about what you were doing? Uh, a lot of it involved people uh, laughing. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> let me be clear, not at me. Well, maybe that too, but uh, the Ask a Librarian questions um, were especially fun to write answers to because I might give a, a straight answer, but also... Uh, turn them around in funny and goofy ways that I think maybe parents liked more than kids did. Kids thought it was kind of puzzling, but some thought it was funny too. Sure. And so uh, that was the reaction sometimes. Other kids just said sometimes, oh, I liked how it was just like walking around the refuge with me when I Aww. did kind of a place where I go to look at birds and what I hope to find in different parts there in different habitat. So mm -hmm. uh, I, or filming my way to school i didn't of course drive while i was filming but i would stop at different places on my usual route to school and say oh this is where i normally see elk if i'm going to see elk since i'm filming today they're not here well, right so i was trying to explain what things are like during the early days of the of the lockdown nice lockout yeah and that connection to place whether it's um you know a refuge like lee metcalf or um, Chapman Road, or your even your classroom or your library, you know, the library, I think was important and helpful for all of us to see. I know students um, appreciated seeing books or seeing or listening to a read aloud from- Oh, from my side of the mountain. Yeah. Did, oh, did you do a read aloud from my side of the mountain? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Amanda's idea was to split it up, so I think four or five of us did. 
nice. at least five of us. All the fifth grade teachers I did, and maybe Ms. Dom Sala too. Cool. So I read the I read the students, my students, seed folks from my garden in my yard. Oh yeah, you might do that. Yeah. yeah. So and I thought like, you know, I'm. I mean the the students they they did do the responses, but um, just that sense of place I thought was. They, you know, they listened. They didn't have to listen to the read-alouds. I also had a PDF of it, but um, they were definitely asking and looking for them. So I thought that was pretty important. And, um, you know, I was definitely not excited about doing it because I was nervous of like <laughs> just your your face on video. Like I wasn't comfortable with that at first, but then after you do it a few times, it's like. It made sense, and it I think was helpful for students to see their teacher and listen to their teachers read to them, even if it's just directions. It seemed to make a big difference. But audio learner, or just the connection, just that emotional connection that we wanted to maintain with the kids. Yeah. I, for the read aloud, for my portion, I did um, audio only. Okay. Um because I didn't have a way to show what pages were being, that I was reading from. I just had oh, a copy of the book, so. Cool. I And I didn't had, want my face reading it, so yeah. I just avoided that. <laughs> well, I did the webcam, like the little, the little um, picture in the corner of me reading, but I also had the PDF uh-huh. so kids could read along with me. And I had a slideshow, because Seed Folks, every character's chapter, is from a different place in the world or the country. So there was a slide to represent that place. So if they'd never been to Detroit, Michigan, they had a sense of what that might look like if they had never been oh, that's to Detroit. Cool. There yeah, it was I um and so and that was something I found online. So I didn't create that, but again, like having that accessible allowed me to create the videos. That's what I put the time into because I felt like um I, everything I read and heard from in terms of um, our colleagues is that the kids just wanted to see their teachers or hear their teachers. Um, not yeah. only, but that made a difference. Yeah. So Melanie I, or Amanda asked me how I got away with my side of the mountain of doing just audio. I think Mel did. I said, what do you mean? She said, you tried it once and kids complained. So I think you're exactly right. <laughs> they wanted to see your face and Mel's. Apparently mine, they were happy not to see, but we, we don't have to delve into that. <laughs> they like the variety too. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, so what, what online tools or platforms would you use again in the fall? I know you just showed me Adobe Spark. That looks like something you'll use again. Yeah, I'll, I'll use that for sure. What's, I used... Um, what's your list? And my list. So my list is pretty short. I used that. I used um, Movie Maker, the free version for um, for Windows. For when I did actual video clips using my phone. Uh-huh. And then we've used um, Anchor for podcasting and, and so far that's it those um i don't know about movie maker that sounds like it's um is it editable is it a, yes yeah. it is okay. yeah so i could i could trim various clips and then put them all together and i know that uh 
Well, I guess I didn't need narration in them because I was already doing that in the video. But I think you can also add a layer, one layer of sound, whether it's added narration or, or music. Cool. Um, and you had the library open so kids could come in and check out books and I think return them too. I mean, obviously with social distancing and things like that. But yeah, well, they couldn't actually come in, but they could request a book ahead of yeah. time. Yeah. There was curbside pickup. I love that you did that. I think that really made a big difference in a lot of kids' lives and how they handled all that time. You know? I hope so. Yeah, I think that was great. Um, let's see. Okay, what is one thing? Oh, yeah, what's one thing you would toss or do differently? if we were to go into distance learning again in the future, something that maybe you did, but you wouldn't use it again? Um, or what was the most con- what was the most challenging component of teaching or interacting online? For me, the most challenging one was apparently, I, I didn't know how to get kids to try to, to communicate directly through email. They would leave have put replies and questions all over Google Classroom and random course assignments in the stream and all kinds of places like that. So I would want to, it would be good if students knew how to actually email me directly so that I can keep track of things Mm -hmm. more easily. Uh, That became, so I don't, and I don't know how to, how to make that better other than well, if students were actually there, you could probably show a class how to do it in five minutes and then they'd be good. It's harder to do when they're not right there. Yeah. yeah, it seems like in the fall, like these might be some of, I was thinking of the list of protocols that I have for reading workshop or writing workshop. On, I have it on big butcher paper. And I'm thinking like, I'm just going to tear those down because really I feel like the protocol now is like how to write an email how to respond to a Padlet question, <laughs> you know, how to for yes. your name, like things <laughs> like that, that um, would be good to do any, like I think in the past, I think I'll teach them when we assignment and we use online tool or this platform. But now I'm thinking, well, in just in the event that it happens, that would be added to my list of things to teach first quarter, you know, that would be important. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Joe and Nicole did a, a short podcast about, okay, here's how you write a more professional yeah. email. Right. <laughs> yeah, here's how you find teacher's a, email. Yeah. Like, here's how to find where all these, you know, here's how to reply. Yeah. And here's how to how to be, and here's how to be polite. Yeah. You know, dear Ms. Nodder, yeah. how are you, to, you know, a, little, a few pleasantries, yeah. you know, and then dive into it, I'll, which I sometimes don't do. I will just, Kate, are you ready? Yeah. Or, you know, but I guess... But I think we know the difference. Yeah. I hope. I think that's a good They emailed me. I tried to start with like a greeting like that, ask them how they are. But I didn't expect it of them because I felt like they were really trying to weigh so many or balance so many other things. But by the end, I was saying things like, could you please put this in a sentence? Because I was like, okay, we're okay. So unreasonable. (laughs) It was like the same old, same old, you know, things that we're trying to like address even in a classroom. Capitalization, complete sentences, things like that. 
but um which leads me to the next question um what are some gems or bright spots from this fuel your heat in the fall i think uh um because there wasn't really any choice in the matter or there were there was no reason not to try i think i'd be and, and i thought that i was very comfortable with just trying things out but i think i in fact was not so much especially with video and so actually just trying something and see how it goes is important for me to learn how to do things and to share that process with students so that that becomes part of what they learn that it's okay to try it and th- and they're probably comfortable doing that with other things already but I know I think modeling that willingness to try stuff out and be fine with things if it doesn't come out the way you want it to you can try it again yeah and again and again that's so that was that was good for me yeah that was good for me too that was a big gem it was like broccoli <laughs> it was and I love that we were given permission to do that like really I felt like the permission was connect with students to maintain relationships like that's the priority but that kind of gave me some allowance to look at some tools like i love pear deck because it has you know questions and brain breaks within the slides as the kids are working that check in with their social emotional it's not my face or my picture but it's like it represents them um so i liked that okay. we're given time to do that you know i mean i was um encouraged to do that i felt and uh i would i would like to i felt like i didn't do enough writing with my students and i'd like to i'd really like to find a better way to do that because when you have all that time like we did um that's <laughs> yes for writing <laughs> Although I don't know if that's true for my students. Like I know that they were sharing devices and um a lot of them didn't have their notebooks or things like that, but I did push out a lot of writing contests and publications that they could enter and I'm not sure if that worked out or not cuz I didn't do direct lessons with it. Um I also but but I would I right. I'm always working on that anyway. That's always something I say. But <laughs> how to how to do it better, how to you know make it more um and how make, i don't know make it more appealing or have the kids more invested so that's always something yeah right well any do you have any last thoughts or words for sharing with anyone who listens to this maybe our colleagues maybe my family they're they're big fans <laughs> <laughs> they always do i i don't i i think I guess for me I'll, I'll think of this time right right now I just think of the um the way time slowed down and the way that it felt like there was some space to try new things and focus on connections with students and teachers more than anything else and that um was really bad that's a good reminder that's the kind of where we always need to start from anyway and not lose sight of that. Eight here you know the time and the space and the people we have to kind of try new things with or toss things out with um mull, mull over with things like that 
All right. Well, you could yeah. think about. I think this. I like this question. I don't have an answer yet. Maybe I will. But there's this one more <laughs> question that I like. Um, you could. I'll give you a choice. You could tell us what a book that you read during this time, or you could tell us um, if you could pick a theme song for time of COVID. What would your song be? Either one. Or what books did you read? <laughs> a theme song or a book? Like oh goodness! You know, I'm, I am, I have yet to actually finish a whole book in between mid March and now. But I'm almost done with the Overstory by Richard Powers, which I am really liking. And I've also been reading uh, When Things Fall Apart, which seemed appropriate for times like this. And I'm not sure what theme song it would be. Maybe Let It Be. Oh, that's great. That's a good one. Yeah. Or Bridge Over Troubled Waters. I don't know. Anything by Simon and Garfunkel. Nice. Well, I do have book. I did read the Hunger Games series, all three, and I have the fourth one now. And I, as I'm still oh, yeah. reading 100 Years of Solitude. <laughs> but actually, I've, made some, I've made some progress. I'm on like page 300. I'm almost done. That's a good one. <laughs> and yes, it is. Theme song, I would say, because I became a TikTok fan, my. from it's a current song it's that dance that everybody does <laughs> anyway all right well we could put this out there if you're listening and you would like to share with us your um, reflections on teaching in the time of covid or um, reflections on distance learning you could even suggest a title for us um, then you know let us know let Vic know or Kate know, and we will um, podcast with you. All right. Have a great day. Okay. Bye. Bye.